0: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
1: You're listening to Text Message, the UK-focused technology podcast with me, Nate Langston. And me, Ian Morris. And if you're one of our patrons, this is your extended ad-free version of this week's show. And thank you to our new or upgraded patrons. I'm going to read some names here. Andrew Walker, Stephen Huxtable, Philip D., James, Richard Burkett, Mike Aikens, Matt Oran, David Morris, Toby Roberts, John M., all have either joined us or changed their pledge level um, over the last uh, week. So thank you very much for supporting us directly and, uh, and also getting access to our new sister show, Extra Message. Our live streams, unedited and uncensored versions and much more. You can join them by going to patreon.com forward slash UK tech. Thank you patrons. We actually had a, the second episode of Extra Message went out yesterday. I haven't listened to it. I didn't notice it was on the feed. I will. Mm, we've talked. I've got some good feedback on that. We're talking a little Bit about preserving family memories, intimate moments, you know, with with parents, grandparents, and uh, how to how to preserve those for posterity. You're very
0: good at that, aren't you? Like you, you have a considerable photo archive that is, and video, and audio, and audio, but but but
1: but very carefully done, mm. very carefully done to make sure that we're not. Drowning in well, yes, th- th- you know, vast quantities of content to the expense of being able to find the best stuff down mm. the line in not just in six months but in you know twenty years. Thank you to everybody who um, has been supporting us and getting access to extra message and do uh, check us out on Patreon if you'd like to start listening to it. Now, it's very rare, Ian, that I get to say that I sat through three hours of parliamentary hearings and found it broadly entertaining and depressing in equal measure, but that did happen this week. Neil Potts, who is Facebook's public policy director, but of course we all know that, told MPs this week that Facebook struggled to identify the video of the New Zealand mosque shootings because of the use of a head-mounted camera by the gunman, which made it harder for its systems to automatically detect the nature of the video. Now, that obviously is the bit that's very depressing, that a live stream of a horrific act of violence could slip through detection of years of development of AI at the cost of millions of dollars is frankly too absurd almost to believe, and yet entirely uh, believable. Sadly, um, terror footage from a first person perspective, quote, was a type of video we have not seen before, Potts said. This was a first person shooter video, one where we have someone using a GoPro helmet and a camera focused from their perspective of shooting. Now, I was writing um, about this for Bloomberg this week and covering this um, this this hearing. Um, because social media platforms like Facebook, have, you know, they've been facing a lot of scrutiny um, after the shooter accused of killing, I mean, it was dozens of people in, in, the, in the two mosques in New Zealand um, had done so while live streaming these murders over the internet um, and the company, Facebook uh, certainly and, and others, came up on, came under a lot of sharp criticism for not taking down the video fast enough um, but this week representatives for Facebook and Twitter and YouTube were called in front of a committee of MPs here in London to explain, in part, why they systems didn't work. They were asked why so much hate content also filled their websites still and they were quite literally shouted at Ian, for not mm. for not doing better and I thought just before we we, we continue with this I wanted to play um, a clip to give you a little sense of how this went down. Now the following is the sound of a chap called Marco Pancini who is director of public policy for YouTube being interrupted by the Labour Party's Stephen Doughty. At the end you'll hear Doughty flat out just completely lose patience at these three executives and pass back over to the chair For the session. Uh, Let's listen in.
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But why is it that every single time all three of your companies appear before this committee, members of this committee, including myself, the chair, and others, are able to find content within minutes. We're not talking about, you know, weeks of research or looking for complicated, hidden stuff on the dark web or stuff that's been altered. We're able to find stuff within minutes or seconds. I mean, I was able to find the the attack video in Christchurch within seconds on various platforms. You know, I I mean, this stuff, you know, your systems are simply not working and quite frankly, it, it's a cesspit and it, and it, it feels like your companies really don't give a damn. You give a lot of words, you give a lot of rhetoric, you don't actually take action, you don't even know that this content is on there, you've been fearing for us this morning and you haven't even looked up the organisations that we've ranked, it's all on there.
1: We need also to remember that there are two billions of users that come every month on our platform to find content, to, find con- to learn something, to share something. Of course, this is a, absolutely a horrific issue and we need to do a better job in trying to understand and we are doing actually a better job in trying to understand how to stay up to, to the trend. For example, something that I would like to mention, F- since the last, uh, the last hearing we introduced uh, a team that is called the Intel Desk that is dedicated to make sure that we better understand the trends of uh, violation of our policies of far-right organisation of okay. extremists well, that, Is that well, that's, well, that's,
2: that's all wonderful but they're clearly not doing a very good job because quite frankly as well I find it extraordinary that I can find all this hate content directed at the LGBT community on YouTube and yet I know for a fact that you uh, block and restrict um, a positive LGBT content by your own YouTube creators um, and block it so it's unrestricted. And yet last night I could find um, videos um, advocating, you know, violence and hatred towards the LGBT community. So, quite frankly, your policies mean nothing because you're not following them through. Um, I would, this listening con- to this, I would so. like
1: to look into this content and come back to you in any case if possible. I mean, you
2: know, you're all through if you're not doing your jobs.
1: Strong words there, Ian. Yeah, um, and I think th- I think this is what doesn't get out into the media, just like just how heated these parliamentary debates mm. um, and sessions rather can get when giving evidence from
0: tech companies on why they're not doing a better job. Yeah, and I, and I but I actually do agree. I think that I think the point that um, he made there were was, D- Doughty, the MP. Yeah, um, was really um, I thought, I solid. I mean, he 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 said, look, every time you come here, you you know, you deny that this is a problem, and every time we look on your sites and we are able to find despicable content very, very easily, mm. and. Um, I think I think he was fair in that he said um, you know he, his his point was that they obviously have a problem that they aren't dealing with. Mm. I don't think he entirely. I don't think he was too harsh about it. But the point remains that this content is readily available and, and he said, shouldn't be.
1: And he, I mean, he was—he basically said that they, you know, these companies talk too much rhetoric. Like yeah. they say, "Oh, you know, we could do better, we should do better," but actually, they're not doing any better. And the companies yeah. say they are doing better and they're improving. And I believe that their systems are better now than they were, say, six months ago mm. or a year ago. But the problem is, it seems to be, at least to my eyes, is that either the methods are getting more sophisticated of criminals terrorists or just you know people who are promoting this content at at deceiving filters mm. and the ai and the ai systems aren't necessarily keeping up with the fact that
0: videos don't always follow the same uh, way of being yeah, shot now, <clears throat> i was interested in that because um what does what is the ai looking for in order to ban these videos,
1: well, a lot of the time it's looking for you know it can do object recognition. Yeah. it can it can do um, presumably it, it can do faces and bodies and maybe yeah. some kind of actions and things. that. Like, maybe, in, in maybe this,
0: words in this case it feels like um, you know gunfire. Um, it's, I mean, it's, it's just horrible to think about. But you know, yeah. you would hear the noises you would hear in a video like that would. I would say would match even though the video is from a slightly different perspective yeah. so I'm surprised by the fact that the AI didn't pick that up but I don't also think it matters because one of the biggest problems wasn't the fact that it didn't get it the first time I don't think we can criticise companies like Facebook and YouTube for missing things when they go out live um, I obviously there's some things that they could probably do to make it a bit better um, but what I, I felt was it was more of the uploading that was the problem and the fact that they by that point had a fingerprint that they could use of the video, mm. and it was still getting through, and is still getting through. You can still find it. But so- this is this is what came up with the, the, in the session with the MPs is that uh, it's very easy
1: now for people on forums. Eight uh, Chan was the one that was talked about in the session, because there are people that want to promote this video. They want to make sure that it goes viral, yes. and, and they've got very ready access to tools that allow you to manipulate the video so the fingerprints don't match. Mm. You know, it might look like it's from the same hand. Hand, but it's not the same fingerprint, you know. Yeah, but, cha- distorting it in some ways, changing the audio, things like that.
0: Yeah, but I d- I do feel like that 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 must it must be possible to improve upon that technology. Like it can't be that different, otherwise it wouldn't be viewable. Like ultimately, you know, yeah, I'm aware that there are some things that you know defeat these things. I'm, I I presume flipping the image doesn't do that anymore because it would be relatively easy for the AI to do one pass of it with you know the right way and then the other way and cropping and stuff well, like the, that the
1: ai might find might figure that out but but fingerprinting on a basic level doesn't necessarily yes. pick that out because yes, it's because, because you're it,
0: looking for exactly the same file rather yeah. than you know but i want i but I, I sort of wonder if there's some improvement that can be made there but again these guys are at the top of their field in terms of technology so if anyone's going to come up with a way of doing it it's going to be them what, what i notice is that youtube is pretty good at matching copyright on things that you upload, so I, I have a feeling that there is more that could be done here, but I think it's, their focus is perhaps in the wrong area. It's very it's very different, you know, I mean uh, there's not really any, see the thing is, when it comes to money, obviously there are, there are lawyers, so if you know if I'm uploading a clip from a movie um, you know, there, there are powerful lobbies in America that will you know, sue YouTube because they're not taking action it's costing YouTube real money this kind of stuff isn't. Yes, it is. Well, it is.
1: This is definitely, 100% is, but in a roundabout sort of way, because if advertisers are afraid that their well, yes. brand is going to be associated I mean that would be a disaster. And it's happened. I mean it's not just Facebook, it's happened on YouTube, it's happened all over the place that they you know they will pull their ads. We had there were stories, you know, certainly around a year ago where repeatedly big companies were pulling their advertising yeah. from social media platforms specifically because of this kind of issue. Yeah. I mean, hate,
0: hate speech particularly and
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the big questions here really is whether these the, the hearings that, that we're talking about actually do any good in fixing this problem. And that's why it's a story for because a it's uk Mm. and b we're talking about this from the fact that it was raised as an issue from a consumer perspective like it's a gopro type device head mounted you know that that, that's why it's relevant to us and i actually wonder when i see the european parliament equivalent um briefings certainly when the ones you've seen in congress and ones in, in other countries i kind of feel that um our government and um our our sort of our parliament is is a, among the better groups yeah, that I are agree. that are
0: holding people if to you, account. If you saw the interviews with Mark Zuckerberg in Zuckerberg in in the U.S. Congress, uh, one of the things that struck me was that the questioning was very poor. The the, <laughs> un, the technical <laughs> understanding one of, of what Facebook yeah. does was so bad that it, it almost lets him off the hook.
1: I was I was monitoring those as well, and I mean they were. Uh, just the most atrocious. One of the
0: ones that sticks in my mind was, you know, um, uh, I have I use WhatsApp and I was talking to my friend about meat and then I got a load of meat adverts on Google. You know, is that you selling advertising data to, you know, thing? and Mark Zuckerberg was like, no, we can't read you WhatsApp messages. They're encrypted from your phone to the destination. We cannot see that. And then the, and then he went on again about, he he asked a repeat question that was basically the same. It's like, They're if cleaners. you're going to go into these things... You've got to ask good questions. Otherwise, the, the sympathy kind of shifts and people are just like... Oh, he, you know, Zuckerberg's running rings around them, and he, and he gets plaudits for that, which are ill deserved. I mean, I kind of feel that these sessions,
1: th- th- you know, particularly the UK uh, s- committee sessions, would do more good if more people were watching these companies giving evidence under scrutiny. Yeah. Um, because they do seem to be doing a better job than other companies are doing, and they're asking the kind of questions that should be asked. And wow. you know, the the thing is, I remember someone asked me once, like, how much good do they actually do? Mm. You know, because these here- Hearings basically they're a way of collecting evidence and, and collective wisdom, which then get passed to government in the form of a white paper or recommendations for things like legislation. And the you know our government right now and MPs they're particularly focused on tackling hate speech, yes. um, addictive technologies. We've talked about that uh, mm. in the past on children in particular, and of course there was the disinformation stuff like Alar, well, uh, yeah. Cambridge Analytica, which, we, which we've discussed before at length. Um, but they are they are there for good reason and the fact yes. is for me as a journalist covering this stuff as well it's very it's very helpful because you get pretty high level executives in front being asked difficult questions mm. and then i think it's up to us the onus is on us to you know to broadcast that and, I think, and to
0: to explain it i think they do some good but i think their good is limited and i think we have probably hit that limit now i think um I think that action will, in the future will need to be taken. I think that it's going to take something like the British government saying um, Facebook is no longer alive to do, allowed to do live streaming in the UK until it can show that it is able to cope with this stuff. And I think something like that, where it has a direct monetisable effect, will make companies listen. Um, and also, I think that they need to have some power to call executives. I think there needs to be... Because obviously, they, they are powerless to you know, get Zuckerberg to come and answer for himself.
1: Technically, if... Well, the he, only
0: way they could do it was, would be to arrest him when he came to the country. You know, like yeah, but you it's not a criminal case.
1: No, no exactly. Could, if he came to the UK, they could issue a summons. Yes. And, and in fact, Damien Collins, who's the chair of the DCMS committee, has said that a summons would be issued if Zuckerberg ever comes to the but UK. But he must have been to the UK. No, not since they wanted him to. Really? Nope.
0: Because they'll get a summons at the gate. Yeah. Potentially. Um, so no, does that he, apply? Th- does that apply if he went to Europe? Would he? Would he be able no. to get? You has to be in the UK. He couldn't have do a European arrest or oh, no? It, it's, it's not, it's an, not arrest, an arrest. Is it? Yeah, it's not an arrest. Well, I mean, I, I. But I think from I think from Zuckerberg's point of view, I think it's a shame that he doesn't take it seriously enough to appear. I think I think it's. I think it's bad. Well, I think we have probably
1: covered that in enough detail in the past uh, than to go into it again. But um, but your comments on the uh, hitting them where it hurts and being given powers mm. to um, you know to prevent broadcasting yeah. or something in the UK is a is a is a fitting place to end and suggest that anyone listening with ideas and this or thoughts on this or anyone who's also sit through these uh, parliamentary sessions like I have uh, do let us know any thoughts you have. Hello at techpodcast.uk. <laughs> Fingers,
0: Ian. Oh, yes, I have several. I've got ten. How many do you have? Well, I have eight and two thumbs. Is that is that too pedantic? I mean, that's a that's a level of
1: facetiousness that, that I, but it would normally be very fitting for you. For yeah. me, yes. Yeah.
0: Um, I've got ten, mate.
1: Uh, and hundreds of NetWest customers are going to be able to use those. Uh, Digits. Digits. Um, to pay for things over £30 for the very first time as of this week. This is according to The Telegraph, because the bank is piloting its first ever, well, the UK's first, biometric debit card. The newspaper wrote that the trial is going to allow 200 of the bank's customers to approve transactions over the contactless limit with the press of a button rather than a PIN number. The bank's partner with Visa and the uh, Dutch company Gemalto. Have you heard of Gemalto? No. I have, because I have to cover them a lot, <laughs> um, which features a digital pad on the card that scans a user's finger. Now, the Telegraph says that if the pilot is successful, the bank might roll out biometric cards to all of its customers, removing the need to remember a pin altogether. Now, of course, this comes as we all march inevitably towards our phones, being the only piece of biometric technology we actually want to use. So the question is, is there a need for this? And I turn to the only other person who isn't me <laughs> in this room, Mr. Ian Morris.
0: Chris. Um I mean, increasingly no, mm-hmm. um, but it, it, I suppose it depends. From a, from the perspective of looking to the future of um, contactless, this kind of thing would allow us to have no limit on contactless spending. Yes. So we would get away from the very, very flawed idea of signatures. I mean, I suppose that's already gone. And we, I mean, well, unless you're and, in America. Yeah, but I mean, chip and, chip and pin transactions aren't limited in their amount anyway, are they? It's only contactless that is. But this would, this is... Does this work with contactless, or is it only... It is contactless. It is contactless. Okay, so here's what I don't understand about this. How does it work? How is it powered? Does it have a... Because I've read, like, three articles on this, and none of them has been able to explain to me how it works. Do you know how it works? That's a really good question. How is it powered? It must have either a power source within the card, because if it was chip and pin and you touched it to authorise, it may be that it could take power from the reader through the chip, but in contactless, there is no power. It's It's a... you know it's a one way rfid kind of transaction isn't it where the the antenna in the reader sends out a signal that is picked up by the card and you know so i've i've thought this before but i have looked and it's not that easy to answer the question um I really wish I knew an answer to that. Yeah. That's a really great question. I hate to be without an
1: answer to anything, yeah. as, you, as you know. Yeah.
0: Well, um, maybe f- further research needed. But um, I mean, I'm very interested by this, and you know, I I, I think it's a really good idea. Um, I love the idea of being able to get rid of that thirty pound limit. I like the fact that you know that it's a possibility. Um, but again, I you know the the thirty pound limit also exists in m- most places. For Apple Pay and Google Pay and Samsung Pay, although it doesn't need to, because um, if you go to certain places, uh, Audi, I think, is one example. They, um, I'm pretty sure they don't actually... The one near me, I'm sure, doesn't actually accept cash or something crazy, And but they don't have a limit on Apple Pay transactions.
1: I've done some stealthy Googling oh, while, talk, while you were talking there, yeah. and I have an update and a correction to oh, make. Oh, okay, go on. Uh, the correction first... It's not contactless. I mean, it ah. is. It is contactless, but the um, the the chip itself is powered by the terminal, right? So it doesn't have a battery. It's essentially it's taking power from the, yes, from the device, which makes
0: sense. Yeah, but so it's not contactless.
1: It, well, it is. I mean, they call it the first biometric EMV card for contactless payments. So presumably, the actual power is coming from the terminal in this similar sort of like.
0: But why like does it need to be contactless, then? That doesn't make any sense, because it's, if you're putting it in... Because then you don't need a pin. Right, so hit... Yeah, okay, fine. But that doesn't really... I know what you mean. You could put it in the device with but your finger will still on it. But have a pin yeah it will have a pin yeah so it's pointless it's completely pointless because you're not because the 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 only advantage to that system would be if it didn't have a pin therefore meaning that there was not that we'd re- removed that very weak security that a four digit number offers and then replaced it with biometrics as it stands there's no point because it still has a pin so you'd still be able to use unlimited spending on it um, and if it doesn't work with contactless, it means it's useless in a lot of places where you would want to use it. For example, I don't know. Well, I mean, not useless, but say, um, th- what well, I can't think of an example where you'd want to do contactless over thirty pounds that wouldn't have a reader, because obviously the tube is one of the very big things where you tap your card on the thing and you just go through. But actually, that isn't ever as expensive as that anyway, so it isn't the problem. But um, it just fit- this thing now feels totally pointless it feels like the kind of thing that would have made
1: a much much bigger difference a number of years ago which Mm. i know we can say about a lot of technologies but the fact is this is this is for people who perhaps don't want to add their debit and credit cards to their phones maybe they don't have phones that support it in some way or they just want a simple solution to just get something from a bank for for security, so I know that my um, my mother in law doesn 't like paying for anything um, under ten pounds with contactless, and I know that my wife finds that very strange no, I find that very strange, surely that 's exactly the point of contactless is it, to- it is, and it reminds me of my mother not wanting to put her uh, debit card details into Amazon for security reasons, but was happy to phone up a little store read out all the digits over the phone for them to write on a piece of
0: paper and lose and apparently that was okay yep um, I mean, all the, I think all the fraud I've experienced in my entire life has been down to the poor disposal of credit card details. I haven't had a lot. I think if I, I can only really remember one. Yeah. Um, but, but, it's, it was, but but my point is, is that it's technologies like
1: this that for people who either don't feel comfortable mm. with certain aspects of technology or don't understand it or a bit of both or some other reason, th- this there is a legitimacy of that issue that perhaps makes a card like this a necessary thing to exist.
0: Yeah, so basically you're sort of satisfying their paranoia by doing something that makes absolutely no difference and has very little value so you're essentially saying that this is going to make people who don't like the progress of this particular set of technologies like them or can't there are people
1: there are people who don't have phones with contactless no no but i'm
0: not i'm not really talking about that's not really the thing it's this own this doesn't really apply to people who are using contactless on their phones. It's not it it isn't a product that replaces that. It is essentially an attempt at better security for card payments. No, I would say this is a replacement to the phone because the, whole, the reason why you can pay for more
1: things with something like Samsung Pay or yeah. Google Pay or Apple Pay is because that additional layer of security by needing a biometric authentication gives the bank the confidence that it is yeah. you using that card and not just someone who's holding your card that they've stolen against a terminal. That's why there's a, a £30 yeah. limit. This. Is if you don't have a phone or you don't want one, this allows you to break that limit, but still just use a card in your pocket that could get
0: stolen and isn't as valuable as a phone. But you can already, you can, you already, there is no limit on a card transaction if you're putting the card in the machine and yeah. typing in the pin. But, but, but that's there is the, no
1: transaction limit on that. This is for people who want to go into, a, you know, a, a major high street retailer, yes. pay for something that costs five hundred pounds. Yeah. Has forgotten their PIN, doesn't want to type it Fine. in, doesn't feel safe typing in a PIN number Fine. with someone behind them, and instead can put their little finger, any finger in fact, over the little sensor
0: and pay for their transaction. Now, now I understand. Now I understand the very, very narrow 13 people in the entire UK. 200. Who, no, no, no. I'm talking about the number of people who would find this valuable. 13 is, my, is a number I've plucked out of the air. I just, I, I mean, I, I completely get what you're saying. I completely understand that there is a, there is a, a small category of people who will be, like you say, will not want to type in their PIN um, and will want to, you know, pay that way. I. Get it, I th- Good. but I don't believe that that is a big enough thing for this to be exciting to me. It's um, taken, therefore I'm out.
1: It's taken uh, I'm Duncan Banner. Benita- oh, you're not Duncan Banner, but you are Oot. Um, it's taken a Herculean effort to uh, to get Ian from the point of not understanding to the point of understanding. I feel mm. like an Adonis of information. You are,
0: and I, th- I think you've uh, you've explained it very well. I, I still think that if there was if if you were going to make this useful, it would be for contactless payments. But obviously, which that it, is impossible. Which it is, for contactless payments. But it's not! Yes, it is! Because you put, you've got to put it in the machine to power it! No,
1: you don't! You have to put it next to the machine to power it. You well, can still pay for contactless without putting it in I the card see. reader.
0: But that's not what you said originally.
1: No, that's why I had a correction.
0: Ah, I see. Okay. See?
1: So it it is powered from the... Terminal, light. yes. It doesn't fine. have a battery. It works for contactless. It uses your fingerprint. Then that's fine. I'm back on board. Excellent. Uh, can I, is it too late to invest? Uh no, once you're out, you're out. Ah. But uh, I see Deborah Meaden lurking uh, <laughs> around the corner. See, this is why I'm not a millionaire. It's why you're not on Dragon's Den, that's for sure. <laughs> you could be on, um, I don't know. Whatever the £10 equivalent of Dragon's Den is. Yeah, Nate's Nest. <laughs> Nate's <laughs> If you would like to pitch an idea for the princely sum of £10 of uh, seed capital, then do send it to hello at techpodcast.uk. And in the meantime, while you're coming up with your groundbreaking idea, you can send us your thoughts on the story that we just discussed. Ian, have you ever been browsing a dating app and been sent a picture of a gentleman's uh, trouser sausage? No,
0: um, I have never used a dating app. Have you ever sent a photo of a trouser sausage? Um, No. On a dating app? No. Okay. But I've never used a dating app, so no. Fair
1: enough. Well, unwanted sexual advances are a daily reality for many people, women mostly, on the internet, and that figure only multiplies on dating apps. A 2016 Consumers Research study found that 57% of women report feeling harassed on dating apps, compared to 21% of men... This is according to a write-up on Gadget, Engadget. Um, but there's some good news here, as per the news cycle this week, because I released, really, received a press release from Badoo, which runs the Badoo dating service as well as Bumble and Chappie and some others, which said the company's deployed a technology called Private Detector, as in, it'll detect someone's... Pictures of someone's privates, mm. I presume. And alert the recipient before the member is exposed on screen. And this is going to come into use in June. Now, a Bumble spokesperson told Engadget that the AI tool will also be able to detect pictures of guns, uh, shirtless mirror selfies, things like that, both of which are banned on the app. Now, I Shirtless think mirror selfies are banned? It's a really obnoxious photo style yeah, to have on a dating profile. Why Why ban it? Because it
0: it makes this, the app look seedy, maybe? I don't know. i sure that's up that. to the people. Look, I mean, for if I was a if I was a lady um, looking for a man to date, I would want to see those. The people who think those po- photos are appropriate, so that I could not date them. I think that's a great way of flagging people you
1: don't want to date. It's kind of like how when Kate and I are choosing a pub and holiday to go to, if they've got like a Sky Sports here or BT Sports here sign outside, we just immediately know that's the wrong pub for us. Yes, Nothing says don't enter me like a a BT... (laughs) uh, Behave. (laughs) like a bt sports sign your, your phraseology mate not mine um but this is this is a an issue and i'm glad that that this being uh, is being used i mean it's not something that i experienced when i was on 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 dating sites um at all but which i did use a lot i met kate on one you know several years ago uh but it's a good use of ai i like this use of yes AI. it's very good and I, it,
0: and I i know that women um are fail, made to feel generally unsafe on dating apps because they don't want Pictures of privates. I mean, they might do at some point, but they will let you know when that point arrives. I would like to see the false positives of this AI. I don't. Well, I mean, yes, but if if you think about it realistically, it's not going to create any huge problems, is it? It it will probably alert the person who sent the picture. We feel that this um, picture of you uh, with a sausage. Uh, in your hand is unsuitable for sending and then you'd just be like okay well I won't take any more pictures with a, a literal sausage. Um, well I
1: actually have taken um some pictures like that. I'll show you one that I took. I may have sent this one to you. Um you didn't.
0: Can you describe for would, the
1: ladies and gentlemen what I'm showing? That
0: you? would 100% not make it through the filter, I'm guessing. Can it's desc- a picture of Nate taken from low down um the camera's around crotch height and intruding into the frame is what looks like a very meaty, flavoursome pork sausage. From a chip shop. Is it a Savoy? It's a, it it's not a Savoy, it is a chip shop sausage. So It's, it's colossal. Double
1: Nate. double length as normal. Yeah, yeah. And you can see the pleased expression
0: on my face as well. I mean there is yes, there's a very pleased expression on your face. There is I mean it, I think it would be possible to program an AI to know that that's a sausage, um, not a penis, because it doesn't look like a penis. It is comical in that it is long and meaty, um, but it doesn't look like a penis. But the a con- human would not make that mistake. Well, I, true, a human would not. But the context
1: as well there was that obviously I'd taken that picture deliberately. I, I think I took that picture actually to send it to my gran. Um, certainly, she was in one of them, a, a previous one <laughs> oh that I that I took. I'll see if I can find that um, as well. Maybe I'll maybe I'll share these with with the, the ladies and gentlemen on the uh, on the Discord if anybody's interested. Um, but the fa- the reason why I thought it was interesting is that if yes, to an AI maybe it would actually look like... I think it might look like what you uh, what what it thinks shouldn't be on the site because yeah. of the angle, the position. Yes. Uh, the, oh, I was going to say the length and the girth. That's a horrible... Exp- anyway, it was a, it was a way of proving a point. It's interesting this system exists. I'm glad that it does. it would be interesting to hear if anyone's um, had any other experiences with this, of course. Hello at techpodcast.uk. Let us know. Um, Ian, in fact, do you remember that time that Rory... At,
0: yes, at CNET, very well. He what? He bought a phone. He bought a he? he bought a um a reconditioned phone from Three, I think. I yeah. think it was reconditioned. This was, for for long but it definitely time, wasn't new. For long time listeners, this is our our friend Rory Reed, who we used to do the CNET podcast. Yeah, with. and um and it came with a free picture of someone else's penis. Yeah, and he wrote a story about it. And you can still find that story, I believe, is probably still on the CNET site somewhere.
1: You see, I remember walking back from the 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 gents at CNET and seeing that picture on Rory's screen because he was editing He was blurring. We hard
0: at it in Photoshop it, He wasn't was he?
1: editing it in Photoshop because he wanted to use it to illustrate this story but I had to ask why have you got a picture of a gentleman sausage on your screen and he laughed and then he told me why and then he wrote the story and then we all went for lunch, probably for sausage. Well, we unfortunately don't have any more time to get into the mailbag this week. We had some great emails come in from uh, Raphael, from Nate Simpson, our fellow Nate, um, from Philip as well, and a few others. We'll get to those hopefully next week, but we uh, we went on for a little longer than I anticipated. Um, but you can send those in for next week, in addition to the ones we've already got, to hello at techpodcast.uk. Thank you again to our patrons supporting us every week. If you're not a patron, we'd like to get our ad-free extended versions. Join the uh, Everyone listening to Extra Message, which is on episode two now, join us live and edited versions, all kinds of stuff, you can do that by going to patreon.com forward slash uktech and help us finish this month of April with one more Patreon than we had last month.
0: Yes, and as Nate said, emails are welcome. It's hello at techpodcast.uk, and you can follow us on Twitter. It's at textmessagepod to keep up with the latest and most important UK headlines throughout the week. And thanks to everyone listening to us on our free and supportive feed. If you have a minute to review us on iTunes, we would be very grateful indeed. From me, Nate Langson, and me,
1: Ian Morris. See you next week.